And so um, you, would have, you would have watched these guys on, online and heard their stories. Uh, here's the thing, when, I was, when we were filming this, um, so we're getting ready for the series, and, and we were kind of, we've never done this before, we kind of learned some things, and, um, and by, the time, I think we, by the time we got to the last video, we figured out how to do it. Um, and so uh, it'll be great to uh, one day let's re-record, eh? That'll be fun. So first of all, actually, we should introduce our panel. Uh, that's, I think it's a good idea. So let's start with, since we've got, we've got Justin on the end. So Justin, want to introduce yourself? Yep, so my name's Justin Cook. You've probably seen me around uh, hiding in the shadows in the background. I tend to work in the sound booth a little bit, but yeah, decided to pull out the drumsticks today for a change. Um, I work as a software developer professionally, and this is sort of just my hobby on the side, and I've been coming to this church all my life. Fantastic. Well, Lucky, want to um, introduce uh, Hi, yourself. church. Uh, my name's Lucky. I'm usually around on the barista or just around. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this is my husband, by the way. Hello, uh, my name's Michael, Michael Clark. You'll see me on the door. And like, like you said, husband. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'm Lyle Duffus. I'm uh, an engineer, electrical engineer for Mercury. And uh, in my other time, I do a bit of live streaming down the back um, so the people online can hear all of this. And I'm Ants, and I'm the pastor of Hamilton Elon Church, along with my amazing wife. <laughs> okay. Praise God. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking this time. And what's really interesting is that what, what, what you, there was so much emotion. So when I'm filming it, I pretty much just said, just tell us your story. Like, there was no, like, this is, please tell this, or, or trying to orchestrate some kind of, um, so we can get some good feeling. I was like, just sit down. I don't know what your story is. Tell us your story. And that's simply what it was. And they're sitting down telling this story. And, um, and so the hardest thing was actually putting it together because it was so powerful. And sometimes it was like, there was so many good things here. And I was like, Oh my goodness, it was just, we're so blessed. We're so blessed to hear that God works in our life. Okay, so let's, let's just get straight into it. Uh, first of all, I'm going to ask, uh, I wanna ask um, Lucky. If you, have, if you heard her story, um, what a powerful story it is. Um, and especially around that area of Oranga uh, Tambariki. And, you know, Oranga, they've, they've got a job to do. And it's all about keeping our children safe. Um, and so we hear those news and we read that and, uh, and uh, we read the the whole thing, and sometimes even how the failing, how sometimes that system may fail. But what we often don't hear are the stories of the of the woman who the children get taken away from, hearing their side. And I'm gonna tell you what, when because when I was sitting there recording you, lucky I had no idea what the story was, and my jaw was dropping like, oh my goodness, you know. And um, and this is you, you now. That was you then. And this is who you are today. So I want to ask you, lucky, what advice can you give someone who has had their children take away, taken away from them? You know, what advice can you give? Because uh, at the time that God wasn't real to me, um, and right now I'm, I'm sharing this intentionally because um, I don't want to speak from the emotions that I was going through, but I really want to speak to your heart right now. Um, without crying. Um, <clears throat> so at the time, I was very intentional on who I was going to surround myself with because obviously, it, you know, I had been, you know, carelessly 
just being around certain people and and um, it wasn't because carelessly in the fact that I was just careless, it was I just didn't know. And um, you know, I worked hard as a mum, I had a job and uh, it was long hours but when it came to recuperating and family quality, quality time, I didn't know what that looked like. Um, I grew up with my grandmother, she raised me from birth. So uh, we came from a very hard-working island family. Um, but living here in New Zealand, cultures are different. So teenagers, um, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say that that was an excuse for, for why I ended up in that situation. But um, just along the way, I lost, I lost my way. So um, what I would say, the advice I would give to, to a mother who's lost their child is, uh, yeah, put yourself around good soil, around good company. Um, and so I, I, I began to do that. Uh, there was a, a lot of um, families and friends I went to uh, parenting courses. I went to anger management. Um, I went to drug courses. I didn't even do drugs at the time, but it was what was asked of me. Um, be willing and, and allowing um, whatever resources are out there. And, um, and it was just um, taking the step and, and allowing myself to yeah, be around um, good good people um, that were wanting to help me, and and I'm gonna say it wasn't easy because I don't know. Um, I'd go to drug courses and anger management courses, and I'd be like, um, I'm not angry, you know, and um, but I had to allow that process. You know, I'd sit around here, other mothers um, who didn't, they had still been fighting for their kids for five years, 10 years, um, 12 months, um, their kids had left. And I would keep saying to me, that's not my story. Like, that's not, that's not, the, that's not my story. Um, at the time, I know now that God was speaking to me. And, and guiding me along the way. And I would, um, lots of negative thoughts would pop up and I would say, no, that's not, that's not going to be my story. You know, this, yeah. is, this has happened to them. This is not going to be me. And, um, and I would complete the courses. I would go through with it. And um, obviously I'd go away and, you know, and um, have moments on my own. Mm. I would get invited by these group of friends, but I would limit myself to say, actually, I'm okay. Because um, sometimes you've got to be wise, you know, it'll be like, oh, come over and we'll share it. We'll have some drinks after. And it's like, no. Like, yeah. you've just got to be intentional um, so in good. who you put yourself around. I didn't have any um, Christian friends at the time, so um, I knew that everything I had been done, I had been doing before, didn't work, so... Um, I just 
I was very purposeful yeah. um, in who I planted myself with or around. Yeah. Um, I, I love that because, you know, because um, when you have your t- kids take them, it's, it's horrible. I've never experienced it. And hearing your story is powerful. Um, like Oranga Tamariki. And, but what that does, it, it causes you, part of the process of Oranga Tamariki is not like we don't want you, you don't deserve your kids. It's actually no, how can we help you now yeah. become a better mom and to mm. realize and be them rather than treating them as, as well working together. And I, I love that what you're just saying there. And it's tough. But I love it says surround yourself with good soil as, as, you, as you can. So if you're watching back, courage surround yourself. Great, great advice. Thank you so much, Lucky, for that advice. Um, I just want to ask um, Lyle, what advice can you give to someone who has been diagnosed with something that is a major concern from the doctor? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, actually. Um, I mean, in, in, in one sense, it's really easy. Just don't panic. <laughs> I made a few notes because I'm hopeless at staying on track. Um, don't over-dramatise it. You know, sometimes you'll get asked to go and do some more tests. Mm-hmm. Go and do them. Um, and don't stress. And don't assume that you're going to die uh, tomorrow. I mean, we're all going to die. It's just a case of when and how. <laughs> yeah. um, so... You know, sometimes they'll send you for tests that you that, that actually confirm that what they thought isn't true. So, in my case, it was a case of um, a death by a thousand cuts because I went to the doctor because I was feeling tired all the time, un- unbelievably tired. Then he se- sends me for some blood tests, and then he rings me up, and your doctor never rings you up, and says, "Can you do some more tests?" And I went, "Yeah, sure." So I went and got the blood test form, did the tests, went back to work, and he rang me. What I didn't say is that was a a voicemail message, um, do some more tests. So, um, yeah, so I went and did the extra tests, and he rings me up again, and he says, look, I'm going to give you an urgent referral uh, to Waikato Hospital uh, with a a suspicion of cancer. (laughs) We'd already talked about it before, so it wasn't like he was telling me about cancer over the phone. and, and so that, that can be a little confronting. But in my case, because it was just progressive, do some tests, do some more tests, I'm going to refer you. He said, I'm going to refer you urgently. And um, um, I said, oh, I'm, I'm, I was actually up at one conference that week. Mm. And, um, and, and so the next day, the hospital rings me and says, come in on Friday. So that was, uh, that was a surprise. Uh, so the health system can actually work quite well when it needs to. Uh, and then they said, oh, well, you haven't really got a blood cancer. You've actually got something called MGUS. I won't bore you with the detail. But um, just a blood disorder. And lots of people go around and have that blood disorder and live perfectly normal lives. And then 1% of those people goes on to get um, myeloma. So that was really, um, yeah, it was just one of those things. You sort of go and roll with it. But I've, I've sort of prayerfully thought about seven different things to think about if that's not too long. Um, pray. You know, God knows, God already knows, so you're not telling him anything, but it actually helps your own frame of mind. It, it really does. Um, it's more about your own state of mind and your spiritual, spiritual awareness of what he's doing in your life than it is about, God, please heal me. Uh, so that's that's the, the, that, that's absolutely number one, but and and this sounds trite, but be thankful for all the good in your life. Okay, you've got a 
something else going on in your health, but you've got lots of other things that you can yeah, be thankful, whether it's, you know, husband, wife, or whatever. Uh, and remember that God's good. Um, be kind to the people, um, number three, be kind to the people that are closest to you, because you may not realize it, but they are affected just as much as you are. And, um, you know, that in some ways more so, mm. because if you've got a, um, a life partner um, and, you know, they've got, they've got cancer or something that's going to take them out, um, you're going to be left without them. So they're going to go to a better place. You're, you're stuck with it, you know. So, so realise that other people are um, somewhat affected, uh, at, at, at least as much as you are. Um, and something um, my friend Jenny, who's a GP, said to me, don't Google it. At least not yet. Um, look, if you think about what's published on the internet, and remember that there's a, a bit of a rule of thumb that um, uh, in businesses and shops, uh, if, if you have a great experience, you might tell four, five, six people if you have um, a bad experience, how many people do you tell? Statistically, it's 10 or 20 people mm. that you had a bad experience. If you translate that to what's on the internet, think about it. The people that put the most on the internet are the people that had a bad experience. So it's kind of like watching the All Black test. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think, you know, j just remember that you need to be intentional about what you search for yeah. Um, and I found some really good information from the Leukemia and Blood Cancer Society, and, they, and, and uh, that, was, that was really helpful because it's medically validated stuff. Um, do ask your specialists lots of questions because, you know, they, they don't tell you everything at once because you simply can't handle it. But do, do write stuff down, go to appointments with a list because I found that, you know, like, like coming up here, you know, if I, if I didn't write something down, I'd forget um, some key points or other. And so same with that, write, write it down and make notes during the appointment. Take somebody with you because they'll see something that, or hear somebody, something that you didn't pick. Uh, do participate in any um, support groups. Uh, Leukemia and Blood Cancer Foundation have some amazing support groups. And I initially didn't want to go because I thought, oh, I don't want to be around sick people, you know, because I was relatively well at the time. But what amazed me was these sick, these, not sick people, these, these both patients and carers who went along to the blood cancer um, groups were actually ordinary people like you and I. Um, some of them were very sick and some of them were amazingly well. And when you talk to them, you realize they've been through the treatment. They've come out the other end. Yeah, and that was good. really encouraging to see that. And, and the last thing is um, realise that you're only human and you do need to ask for help. Yeah, so good. Um, you know, both from your family, uh, from your workmates and your boss at work and just anybody. And, and I'm incredibly grateful for the support I had from the church family here and from my workmates. It was just amazing. So, you know, you realise how connected you are and, uh, and how much you do rely on other people. So those are my wee, wee points about that. So good. Um, here's one for you, Michael. Um, 
What, so if you heard of Michael's story, he's got a, Michael has a, uh, has a very uh, colourful um, life. So, and one of the biggest surprises for, for Lucky was that Michael all of a sudden turned up to church. So Michael, in uh, and, and, and Lucky's story, she said, well, if you know Michael, he's not that type of person to do that. He will never go to church. He will never go to church. So Michael, why was it that you turned up to church? I've tried a lot of things. I've tried a lot of things in my life, and um, the results of all those things weren't too, too good. I'd never tried church before. I was told to pray growing up, but I never actually physically been to church. And um, all the stereotyping from the circle I come from of Christians wasn't nice. But uh, I needed peace in my life. So, and Christians are quite happy. <laughs> so, or, uh, it drew me to the, the joy drew me. Yeah. I took the steps through the door. And um, people were so nice. I was like, wow, what's happening? But then... When the pastor started uh, preaching, it was a message that touched me. And I went home thinking, God has to be real. Because what was coming out of that man's mouth, I feel it was only for me. So God was using this man to speak to me. And it made me hungry to go, on and go back to church the next day. God, God is the one that draws all of us to church. So good. Thank you for that. That's powerful. I love that. So just, and now we're going to go to the, the, to the other extreme. <laughs> so just being raised in a Christian home doesn't mean that you don't have struggles. What advice can you give someone who is struggling with their faith? So they've been in church, like, except been, been born and raised in church. Um, so, but what advice can you give somebody who's in that situation, uh, but they're struggling with their, with their faith today? So a couple of things on that, I think. The, the first one is be really honest with yourself about why you're struggling with your faith. Because I think we are so, so good at fooling ourselves and lying to ourselves and believing it. So the Did first you? thing is, if I'm struggling with the faith, why? Like, is it God's character that's in question for me? Is it things that have happened to me? Have I seen really tough times? I've lost loved ones. Is it just science seems to be trumping what the Bible says about God? And if you're really honest about yourself, then you can start that journey of actually starting to conquer that uh, conflict, I guess. And I really encourage you, especially in this day and age, um, don't leave your brain at the door when you come into church. We're called to have a rational faith. So if you're finding that what you're learning in the classroom or what you're learning on the news or in science books seems to conflict with what you're hearing and what you're experiencing, have a deeper look because I think you'll be surprised. Yeah, so good. Um, and the second thing I think is community is so, so important. And you hear this every single Sunday, get involved in connect groups. And you can glaze over that a little bit, but it is critical to be surrounded by people who encourage you, support you. Um, so when you fall down, you've got people to pick you up. And so get involved in a connect group, get people around you who can speak into your life, pray with you. Um, and also, speaking for me personally, get involved in the serve team. It's really, really fun. And that's a community of its own. I mean, the, the music team here, we've got door greeters, all sorts of different roles. That's a community of its own. And yeah. you'll have people around you to support you. 
plus you're also investing into church and starting to put legs on your faith. So that's my suggestion. Very good. I should get James Singh as well, you know. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to ask, uh, let's go, I'm going to go back to Michael again. So you, you know, you talked about your struggles on your, during your story. You talked about your struggles um, of the past that kept coming back to haunt you. Um, how do you overcome those challenges today? So those, those, um, those demons that, were haunting, that used to haunt you in the past and they're haunting you today. I mean, I mean how do you overcome them today? By keeping Jesus in the center of my life. Yeah, so good. Um, surrounding yourself with um, around positive people, people with a heart for God, yeah. for one. But it's uh, loving yourself too. Mm. It's because we're actually um, our worst enemy at times. Yeah. If we forget to love ourselves. You go along loving everybody else, that's, that's, that's fine. But uh, don't forget about yourself. You can't leave yourself in the, in the back there. Get up. Get up. Come. Love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Keep Jesus at the centre and surround yourself with good people. Mm-hmm. People in, in Africa, and, and don't forget to love yourself. I love that. Love God, love people, love yourself. Literally what you just said there. And that is a key. No matter what, we all struggle with something. Okay, you don't, doesn't need to be, the, this, there's no ranking of sin or ranking of things we struggle. No matter what each one of us has something we struggle with, the key is God in the center. Surround yourself with good, loving people and love yourself. Love, love God, love people as you, love your neighbors, you love yourself. Love that. Thank you for that, sharing that powerful statement of truth. Lyle, during your lo- lowest point of your treatment journey, what was it that gave you hope? I think the main thing was the verse that I shared um, during my story, which was the uh, one from Psalms 34, 19 and 20. And uh, you may recall that I was just sitting there reading my Bible and this really leapt out of the page and grabbed me by the throat. And, and it says, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. And I didn't know it. That, I, I mean, I didn't know what I had at that stage. I didn't really even know I had anything. I just knew that I was getting infections all the time, and I was just not as well as I should be for my age. And, um, and, and actually, uh, when the diagnosis came, it was a relief. Uh, very much. Uh, but what amazed me was that myeloma, if it's left too late, attacks your bones. And some people are not uh, diagnosed until they start having uh, broken bones that can't really be explained. And uh, that just blew me away. And it was God's absolute confirmation that He was actually uh, batting for me, you know, that He was. He didn't cause it, but he knew, you know, the end from the beginning. And so knowing my life is in God's hands was tremendously uh, comforting and encouraging. And so it wasn't just a case of woe is me. I I had that absolute confidence. I mean, quite apart from salvation, uh, I just had that concrete, almost like, I mean, I'm an engineer, so I like evidence. 
and, and, and that, that scripture that talked about bones, when I couldn't have made that up. <laughs> I could not have made that up. And, um, and so that, that was tremendously uh, supportive. And so as I was going through, as, as you asked, and it's mm. about the lowest part. There was lots of lowest parts, you know, lying in a, an isolation room, having had your bone marrow killed throughout your body and no immune system and you're, you're, you're growing a new immune system from your stem cells that give you back. You know, that's a, that's a fun process. Um, but the church was tremendously um, helpful and supportive. And it, when I say the church, um, it was, you know, so many of you, I'm deeply grateful for the things you did, whether it was coming to see me or whether it was messages of support was the fact that you were praying for me. Um, things like uh, people, when I went home, people would um, give me, uh, uh, bring around a hot meal uh, certain nights of the week because I was just so trashed by the chemotherapy that I didn't have the energy to get up and actually cook myself something. Uh, it would have been, you know, tin baked beans all. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm deeply grateful to all of you that, um, that gave me that support. Um, and so I think knowing that if I go to be with the Lord, I'm in a better place anyway. And, and also that comfort of having, as lucky, and Michael said, have the right people around you. Mm. And um, so you, you're, you're not being dragged down. Um, there were people that were there to be supportive, to be helpful, you know, practically helpful, emotionally helpful, um, praying for me in the background, and um, all of that together made it a much more tolerable process. I mean, I'd, I hate to think how I'd have felt if I had no no mm. family and no um, yeah. and no church family. And my, my own family, my sister and brother, were amazing. I mean, the first thing my brother said when he found out about it was, if you need a donor, I'm there for you. Now that's just, and he's across the other side of the world in London. So, yeah, so I, I, was, I was very blessed. Wow, that's amazing. Love that. Eh? Again, we're better together. We, 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 we cannot be an island. We're better together. Um, Lucky, um, you know, one of the, when you shared in your story, you talked about your marriage falling apart and even you just went as far as you could across the ocean to another country. Um, so when your marriage fell apart, what gave you hope? Um, what gave me hope was there's a scripture that talks about um, there's a scripture that talks about uh, be strong. Joshua one nine, I think it was. Yeah, um, be strong, be courageous. Um, do not fear. Thank you for those that are helping me. Uh, do not fear, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't read, or this verse did not intentionally come to me, um, you know, along the way. It was, um, through it all, um, our emotions are going to, like, obviously get a hold of us. I was going to church over there, you know, because I was like praying, God, you know, what does this mean for my faith? You know, being a believer and being a Christian, 
woman and following Jesus and then my marriage um, ends up like this. You know, what does that mean for my faith? Um, this didn't mean that, um, you know, I abandoned God. I didn't feel like I abandoned God. I was asking Jesus to help me see where he's in in my situation. So what gave me hope was um, the first, his words began to, I began like overall the whole journey, I, I began to see God in it. Like um, I'd be, I went to stay with my dad and um, just the things that I needed and company, like connect group and stuff like that. Um, I was intentional in prayer. I was like, God, you know, my family here are Mormons. Like, what does Jesus look like in, in the midst of Mormons? And um, what does that look like? Um, like Lyle said, pray. And and so what does that look like? So what gave me hope was seeing God, God's word come alive in every situation. Yeah. You know, I would go to... He hasn't um, abandoned you. Yeah, um, his word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And um, I would see that happening uh, in the midst of family gatherings. I would have Mormon elders come over and, and I'd be like, um, they'd say, oh, you know, we need to pray for you, you know, because blah, blah, blah. And and, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, just a minute. And I'll, I'll dash off into the lounge and then I'll be like, Lord Jesus, like, please, you know, so-and-so are here. Do I need prayer? <laughs> and, um, yeah, and just things like that. And I'll go back and I'll go, oh, no, nah, you're good. And, um, and I'll be fine. And my dad would be looking at me like, believe you just said that and um, yeah. and I'll be like oh you carry on with your you know and I would sit there I'd sit there with them and um, and I would just intentionally you know go about life and I would be in connect groups helping uh, other Christian families in the church that I was there with and I would help help with um, you know um, couples move their furniture and I would just you know, like, I'll, I'll begin to see God just move in that way. And, um, you know, and I wasn't feeling, oh, no, my, you know, my marriage is broken apart. You know, I, my marriage <laughs> broke apart. You know, I wasn't in that way, like, going to church and, and just, I need prayer. I, 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 you know, when I went to church, I... I just knew that God was present. Jesus is, was, is with me. That's what I believed in because his word is true. So I would go and um, just be there and just saying, you know, Lord, I thank you that, I, that you've brought me here, that you've planted me in a good church and that you've, you've got good plans for me. And it's just speaking and declaring his word in your situation, over your circumstances and, and believing that God is going to, you know, guide you and lead you out out of it because it's only temporary yeah. and um, and just trusting that God has a plan and it's a good plan. So good. Yeah, I love that. Trusting firm belief in his word. Mm. That gave you hope during this time. And if, if, you, if you don't know this story, go back, watch Lucky's story online. You can go back and hear how, the, 
how God really rescued their marriage and brought them together. Well, I'm going to end with um, Justin, a question to you, Justin. Um, and so the reason I say that is to give everyone hope. <laughs> no, just how long is this going? No, just kidding. I know you guys are loving what, what's happening. Thank you so much for sharing. Justin, um, seeing some of your friends growing up as a Christian, and we all know if you're growing up in a Christian home and Christian friends, going to high school, and, uh, and everyone in this room, we know people that have walked away from their faith. Now, for you, Justin, being growing up, you would have seen quite a lot of your friends walk away. Um, so, so seeing some of your friends walk away from their faith, why haven't you given up? Well, it's interesting because there's a huge number of reasons why people can walk away from their faith. I've seen people who have just been so on fire for God, just really passionate about Him, and then they've just gone stone cold out into the world. So, I mean, yeah, people can sometimes get angry at God. Maybe things happen in their circumstances. Uh, maybe they find the allure of a different religion, uh, whatever it is. But for me, seeing all these different religions out there, even atheism, it's a religion. It takes faith to believe that nothing exploded and became everything. <laughs> it takes faith to believe that nothing exists. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah exactly. But, I mean, whether, whether it's, you know, any of these sort of religions out there, maybe it's just I am God, I craft my own destiny, I don't want a, a higher figure in my life. There's no hope in that. I mean, you look at Christianity, you look at the, in the hope that we've got in Jesus and of the life to come, and you just don't find that anywhere else. It's all working up towards something, whereas Christianity is this amazing relationship. It's not a religion, it's a relationship where God steps down to us, yeah. and we just have to accept it. And uh, one of the, the passages in the Bible that really encouraged me here is uh, John chapter 6. And I really encourage you to read this one to make sure you get the context properly. It's not talking about cannibalism. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, Jesus has just gone and fed the 5,000. He's got a huge number of followers following him. And he says, right, if you want eternal life, here's what you've got to do. You've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And most of his followers say, Jesus, you're weird. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, but there's, there's a small number that remain. And he says, what about you 12? Are you not going to go as well? And he, well, they probably said, well, you're a bit weird, but... You know, you have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? Um, we know that you are the Son of God. And so that has been something, I guess, a good understanding of my life has been. I've seen many people walk away from the faith. I've seen many different things out in the world, things that would try and tempt and allure people away. But, you know, we know that Jesus has the, the words of eternal life. He is the Son of God. He is our hope and our future. So that's why I've stuck the faith. I love that. Whom shall I turn? Whom shall I go? Uh, yeah, I love that. That's great. John chapter 6. Thank you so much. Don't go anywhere. I want you to stay on stage with me because sometimes I get lonely on stage. Um, I feel really uh, loved right now. So, uh, hey, you know, this has been our series, uh, His Story, My Story, and I hope you've enjoyed it here. This, so thank you so much for being brave, sharing your story, being vulnerable with us, but encourages us that every single one of us in this room, you have a story do not be afraid to share it. You're going to encourage someone um, in your workplace, in your family, who, on the bus, wherever you are, um, watching the All Black game. You're going to encourage somebody with your story. And so next week, we're going to be ending the series, and we're going to be talking about our Elam story, his story, my story, and uh, Elam, and the, where's Elam in the Bible? What does it mean? What does this mean for us being 61 years here um, as a church?